0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Gotham City Sportscast. I'm your host, Robbie J., with my co-host, T. Belvey, T.B. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing good, Robbie J., doing real good on this day at the NFL Draft Day, baby.
0: NFL Draft Day, it's a big day, uh, a lot of sports wrap-ups. We actually took a little time off to concentrate on some playoff action and uh, get our heads straightened out after it. I'm sure, unless you're living under a rock, you kind of know what's been going on in New York sports recently. And there's not a whole lot of good news, is there, Tom?
1: Not a whole lot of good news. Not even a whole lot to talk about in that series, man. I mean, you know, four games, not what we expected. I know that. Not what I
0: expected. And and Uh, it's not just basketball. We had the hockey thing going, too, for the Rangers.
1: Yeah, we had the Rangers. I mean, you know, basically it it was a... a, a quick moment of high for the New York teams and then right back down to the low that right. we all know so well.
0: Right back down to earth. I, I remember when we first started doing these uh, these podcasts, the main reason was because the Knicks were getting hot and they were getting near the playoffs and we were really starting to get excited. Like there was something to start talking about again that we haven't been able to talk about in a while. Um, and then as soon as that all ended, you know, it just all got just crushed out of me. I know you're still into a lot of the other things. Um, but when, when my teams go down, it takes a lot out of me as far as sports go.
1: Oh, yeah, understandable, man. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Knicks fans right now that are going into the cave, stocking up on the food, and getting ready to sleep it off until, I don't know, who knows? Because uh, same, same situation with the NFL, could be seeing a lockout here in the NBA.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that. Today's the NFL draft. We're going to uh, probably touch on it real quick on some draft picks for the Jets and the Giants. Uh, It's actually going on as we speak. They're somewhere in the middle of the first round, and I don't think either New York team is drafted yet, have they?
1: No, not yet. Still a few picks away. Um, They're at number 12 right now, so the G-men are up on the clock. Uh, They'll be up on the clock before the Jets. The Jets picking, I think, number 30, and the uh, Giants are nineteen barring any trades
0: well and if you don't know we don't record the show exactly live we kind of clip around so probably by the end of the show or, or somewhere in between we'll have some more news for you we can jump in on that yeah,
1: definitely uh, the Giants yeah definitely,
0: definitely. We'll, we'll tell you going, what's going on with the Giants we actually have some guests uh that are going to be here today uh we'll have Russ Mack back on he'll give us a little Mets and he'll also touch on the Giants and the Giants draft picks uh who else are we going to have on
1: we're going to have a new guy um Master P, aka Pat Gorin, aka Goron City, coming uh-huh. on to talk about the uh, talk a little uh, Giants. I mean, he knows them, and he's been uh, preparing for this all week, so good. he should be hitting us hard.
0: Very good. And I know we have uh, another guest, a special guest that uh, that you know rather well. He's going to talk to us about Knicks. Who else is coming on?
1: Yep, that would be V Belv, aka Vibs, aka Ginobili. He plays a lot like Ginobili. He knows the game well, and that's a good thing. He's going to be able to hit us with some, you know, maybe some insightful stuff that us unathletic guys might not notice. Hey, you know, now, what I mean? hey,
2: well,
0: Suma,
2: sumo
1: wrestling. To, sumo, for
0: myself. sumo wrestling is a sport. Okay, give me a break.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. That's uh. right. I think the guy, uh, the leading sumo wrestler last year, actually made $200,000 for the year, so it ain't too shabby. Wow. Yeah, about
0: that'll that. buy a lot of pork chops.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and you, well, you live and eat for free, too, as a sumo, wow. so you don't got to worry about any bills.
0: That's a, well, you know way too much about sumo wrestling. Have you <laughs> looked into it? You must have looked into it. <laughs>
1: actually, they had an article in ESPN about the highest-paid athletes in 30 sports and wow.
0: sumos. That's crazy. So that's how I got well, Let's get back on track. I don't know of any sumo wrestling in New York, but yeah, I'm sure no, there's some underground yeah. stuff. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, we're, we're going to talk Knicks. We're going to talk NFL. And we're also going to do some MLB, the Mets. What the heck's happening there? Whoa.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess they got hit in the head with a rock or something because they completely turned it around over the past six games. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and it actually gets people to turn on their TVs because I started watching, you know, three games in. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? A three game winning streak? How's that even possible?
1: Yeah, well, we, had, we actually got lucky. We had a chance to check them out a little bit because they were playing against some D backs and they looked good. Um, you know, I'm not going to get too hyped about it because the teams that they've been playing aren't the greatest teams. But then again, the teams they played in the beginning of the year were really good teams. So you That's still true. you don't know what you're going to get with the Mets.
0: Yeah, that's true and as we speak they're uh, I think they're losing right now 4 to 3, but it's in the 8th, so they have some time to c- catch up to Washington. And if they uh, if they can beat them, they'll uh, they'll extend their streak to 7 games. Yeah,
1: and that's unexpected for me. You know, I yeah. didn't expect them to turn it around. You know, I mean cuz you don't want to get you don't want to fall back, you know, in baseball. I I was expecting them at the rate they were going to be maybe 20 games, 25 games under five hundred a couple of months into the season. And there's no way you're going to recover from that.
2: No, I agree.
0: Well, like you said, you don't want to get too excited yet. They're still, you know, one game out of last place, so it's early.
1: Yeah, very early.
0: Very early. But uh, looking over at the uh, games right now, the Yanks are actually slaughtering the White Sox 8-zip in the 6th, so. It looks like they're gonna get that one too. And uh we'll try to get some Yankee coverage. I think our Yank guest might not make it on, but we'll uh we'll do a recap. We'll have Belvi here give us uh the lowdown on the Yankees and at least uh tell us where they're headed and where they've been.
1: Yeah, definitely get into that.
0: Very good. Well, why don't we move on then? We're gonna stick with uh the Knicks. We're gonna uh bring on our first guest, V B a K A V Bellvy, Tom's bro. And uh, let's see if we can get him on the line, and we'll see what he has to say. Hey, hey, VB, you there? Can you hear us?
3: Yeah, how's it going?
0: Hey, what's up, man?
3: How's it Nothing? going, VB? Easy. Nothing over in New York, chilling. Chilling nice. in New
0: York. We're over here in Arizona. We're sweating, though, but, uh, but that's okay. We were just talking a little bit about the Knicks before we called you up. Um, looks like they didn't have a very good time with Boston and if anybody, unless you were stuck under a rock or in a cave uh, you know by now the Knicks are out um, they dropped in the first round and they couldn't even win one game, tell me what happened in that series VB, what would you see, what, what went wrong let's start with that, I mean what went wrong
3: I uh, mean it's a tough way to end season it really just came down to all the injuries everyone got hurt and we really stood no chance after that, that happened. So, you think
0: that uh, with Chauncey getting uh, being out again and Amari kind of not being at 100%, that had a lot to do with it?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, in game two, Melo almost took him out by himself. If yeah. we hadn't Amari and Chauncey out there, I think they would have got it done.
0: Now, Tom, TB, you, you actually sent me a text message the night. Uh, that uh, Amari was having his first back spasms. And you, and you were kind of adamant. What did you text me that night? Do you remember?
1: Um, I basically said that, you know, it, it, the game has evolved from yeah. where it was uh, years ago. You know, going back to, um, you know, I think I guess right around, I, I would say I look at the Knicks team, the 94, 95 team, You know, after those guys went out, the Jordans, the Pippins, the Ewings, the Drexlers, that was the end of the warrior mind frame of the athlete. And I I, I wouldn't put the blame on the athlete himself today. I'm not going to put the blame on Amari. What happened was the salaries went through the roof. You know, agents got involved. And now you're looking at these guys as a high priority investment, and we all know you got to protect your investment. So these guys are coddled now. Uh, you know, basically what I said was a Jordan, a Bird, uh, you know, even a Barkley, a Ewing. Those guys, there would be no question of are you going to play in this game or not? I mean, yeah, well, look, we've seen Jordan play through the flu. We've seen uh, Ewing playing games on two bad knees. We've seen Bird play a whole season without a back. So, right. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, he was, he, he, he couldn't even sit down on, on the bench. And then there's, of course, big, right? uh,
0: Willis Reed's big comeback that yeah, game, too. Willis
1: Reed, yeah, that's going back even further, yeah. you know what I mean? But that season with Bird, he played in uh, a full season injured, and he would be going to the bench, to rest, and he would literally be laying on the floor. He never even sat down. That's how how bad his back was. He would have to lay down on the back with ice. And he's getting out, and he's going out, and he's playing, putting up 20 points per game, getting eight rebounds, getting some dishes. And this is
0: in the regular season, right? That's not so. He's playing like a hardcore playoff game for 82 games in the year.
1: Yeah. Now, I'm sure he didn't play 82 that 84%. year, but he played, you know, a d- more than anyone would
0: be able to play with those injuries. Right. Uh, is Is that kind of where you're at too, VB? I mean, is, do you think Amari should have been playing through it? Or obviously if you're hurt, you're hurt. You're, hurt, you're not going to help the team anyway. Where do you stand on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. You saw him in game four. He didn't really look that good. He was definitely in pain. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Those guys – Back in the day, probably would have been out there. I think the only guy left like that in the league is Kobe. He plays injured every game.
0: Yeah.
1: Exactly, and we're seeing him do it. We're seeing him do it now. I don't know where what that is. Is that a mind frame thing? I mean, you know, you've had to probably play through some injuries before. Is it more of mental, like you have to overcome it mentally, or is it just sometimes where it's, the, the physical pain is just too much that you can't go on? Big what do you think? You listening?
0: I think, yeah, that oh, yeah. was directed I mean, to you. He, I don't know. He calls you Ginobili, so you're the player. <laughs> you're the ball player around here.
3: I mean, I don't know. I play, I mean, I play with injured fingers all the time. I'm not going to say they're broken, but I'm still out there playing, and I'm not in the NBA. I've never had yeah. back spasms, though, so I can't really talk on Amari's account.
0: Well, ultimately, you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes. You don't know their pain. You don't know the level of, you know, that it's affecting their game. I get that. But I also get where you're coming from, TB, where, you know, this is it. If you're not in there and your team's going to lose, you're going home. Wouldn't you want to at least put an effort in and and see what you can do? Yeah, and what I was saying
1: is there's – it seems like, you know, the Colbys, the Jordans – Uh, These guys, when they went out and they played injured, they did an exceptional job out there on the court. You know, like we we talked about Amari struggling. What I was trying to say was, is it something that Kobe and Jordan have mentally that they could just say to themselves, forget the pain and just ignore it for the whole game? And maybe there's some guys that don't have that psyche, uh, like maybe an Amari or, uh, you know, Chris Bosch. You know, I, I think that's really what it is. I think it, it comes down to having the mentality to yeah, just right. disregard the pain.
0: I think you're right, and I think that's what makes a champion. And I don't want to say that Amari isn't or won't ever be a champion, but uh, that any of the guys you were talking about, they're legends, they're Hall of Famers, uh, and they're there for a reason. They win for a reason, and they have the rings for that reason.
3: Exactly. exactly. So, uh,
0: so, uh VB. The we know they had some injuries, but you know I'm I'm I was watching those games, and I know that the Knicks can win without Chauncey, and I know the Knicks can actually win without Amare, even though not as not as easy, but it can be done. Do you think that Boston actually won all four of those games, or do you think the Knicks lost some of those games? Where you know you don't have to go game by game, but you know what do you think? Did the Knicks actually just blow all four of them, or did Boston outplay them?
3: I mean kind of sad to say that they they outplayed us when we were home. But yeah. I think Game 1 and Game 2, we gave it to them. We could have taken both of those games. Mellow by himself in Game 2 was really holding it down. And then with that Jeffries play, you know, they really just blew it there. Ooh.
0: That was tough. Game that was 1, tough to we
3: gave them Game 1, too. We could have had Game 1.
0: Well, Game 1 and 2 were, they were very close. They could have gone either way. I don't hold the grudge to that. It was Game 3. That really, to me, showed me what the team was made of, and I really was disappointed. I couldn't I think that was the game where Rondo went and scored like six straight layups. The Knicks wouldn't put a hand up in the air and they wouldn't stand in the paint. And it just felt like to me they, they didn't have the heart. They lacked the heart that I, I've really never seen before. I've honestly, you don't see that in New York-based teams usually. Um, you may see the last seven, eight years, the teams don't have the talent and they don't get to the playoffs, they don't win a championship, but this team has talent. But they definitely definitely lack the heart and the intensity to stop this Boston team. Tell me if I'm wrong, uh, T B.
1: No, I you're right. I mean they got plenty of talent, and if you ask me, I think this series was decided on, you know, a few key plays, especially you going back to game one. You know, the, in games one and two, the Knicks played their butts off. There's no denying
2: that. No, definitely.
1: Um, but things got hectic in the final two or three minutes of each of those games. Um, you know, game one was you had the um, the issue with the timeouts. We ran out of timeouts, okay? Uh, you had the, the – uh, the, we took the timeout when Chauncey got hurt understandable, you wanna see what's going on, you wanna see if he can get out there. But then we use that time out after the uh the oop to Garnet that took off whatever right. it was, point five on the clock. We weren't in a position to take that timeout because we had already used the timeout on Billups, but we took it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's inevitably what ended up screwing us on the timeout. Do you
0: remember, TV? was that a coach call timeout or a player call? Yeah, it was a
1: D'Antoni. Yeah, they were both D'Antoni calls. And don't get me wrong, D'Antoni was great, with using his timeouts to kill the runs. No doubt about it. Whenever the Celtics were getting hot, he'd take the timeout, he'd kill the run. Uh, But then, like I said, towards the end of the game, there was a big-time mismanagement in the timeouts. Uh, You had chaos ensue with Doc Rivers and Lawrence Frank running out onto the court, which was never even addressed. I don't know how one of them didn't get a technical. It it was a shame there. Uh, You know, Carmelo... Taking that shot, maybe, I mean, obviously, it wasn't the greatest shot. It was, just, it was just too hectic. And in that situation, we saw similar to that with the Spurs the other night. That's how you, how you have to execute in those type of situations. And, you know, uh, the Spurs executed oh, it. They man, got that the ball for the right guys. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, I wanted Carmelo to pass out of the double team. You know, like I said, chaos. Nothing, there was no play drawn up, so I'm not putting the blame on Carmelo. It was a terrible shot. It was an awful shot. But, you know, we, we've seen him hit that shot before for us, so I'm not putting the blame on him. I'm putting the blame of Game 1 on D'Antoni. What do you think about Game 1, VB? Where does the blame lie for that loss in Game 1?
3: I mean, it's hard to blame anyone that shot that Melo took. It's definitely, definitely a tough shot, but, I mean... He's got to take it. He's got no other options, really. Well, you saw what it, happened. Shot, you saw great. what happened
0: when he doesn't take the shot and he throws it to Jared Jeffries. So,
3: yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: Well, no now, play speaking no. of that, I want to get into that game. Um, game two. What did you? What were your thoughts on that, BB? It was uh, 96-93 final. That was the game that Carmelo put up to forty-two and seventeen. What, what were your thoughts on that
3: game? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought we should have took that game. Again, I think we didn't have any timeouts down the road, right?
1: Yeah, again, we ran into the timeout issue once Was that the game
0: that uh, the Knicks didn't foul at the end, or was that game three?
1: Uh, That was game two. That was game two. when When the Delonte West, right, that was game two.
3: Yeah, it was no foul. It's really just a, a really boneheaded play by Melo. He just doesn't follow him into the backcourt. You've got to right. be aware that they can run back there. He's got to follow him. And, and Tom, I know
0: you had mentioned you thought that had more to do with Dan Tony not mentioning that to them at the time. You know, it,
1: it, it does because we saw a similar situation with the Spurs game and they were back there. At that, that's, that was the point in time when we again said, wow, if they had a timeout, like the Phil Jacksons, the Popoviches of the league would have the timeout. They're taking the timeout and they're hammering it in your head. Still, right. Carmelo should have known that. You so, know, I mean, he's been in the league long yeah, enough he to known. have known yeah, you can even mount the ball in the backcourt, even though it's a new rule, but still, he should have known that.
3: So we're, we're, we're kind of. I think there was even one sequence where the Celtics took a 30 second timeout and then. Dantoni took another 30 second timeout right after that, which made that uh, happen. That's yeah. right. I remember that. That was a disaster. So I don't know what that we're was. We're kind
0: of bashing Dantoni here, and I want to ask that. That was something I want to ask VB because uh, we're going to touch on the Knicks' future, but what is what is your opinion on, on Mike Dantoni and his future with the Knicks? Obviously, how much can you bash a guy who gets the team back to the playoffs for the first time in eight years? But. Let's be realistic. What do you think about D'Antoni, and is it going to come back?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's got one year left on his contract, and with the potential lockout, there's no reason to go out and get a new coach. They need the stability anyway. He'll probably be back next year, but if they don't if they don't produce, I mean, there's no telling he might not be back the year after that.
0: Even if... The Lakers lose and Phil Jackson wants to play or sorry wants to coach another team. You still stick with Dan Tony? Oh,
3: I mean I'm taking Phil Jackson, but okay. I highly doubt okay. he's going to coach. And I'll take team. Phil if he wants to play too. I'll throw him at the center. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come on.
0: Put him at center. We got uh, nobody else better there anyway. All right. Well, let's uh let's keep moving with the Knicks then. So, wrap up the series uh VB, your final opinion. They they dropped the third game. Uh, they dropped the fourth game. I didn't even watch the fourth game. That's how disheartened I was after game three. Yeah, that was uh, it was just four. pathetic. Um,
3: yeah, it was dreadful. It was it was hard to watch. Game one and game two it was even after game two, it looked like they could still hang around. Yeah, if they could get two at home, and then you know they lost game three, and then it was like they pretty much it looked like they gave up. There's no hope, I kind of
1: felt that way, too. And, I mean, when you say that they gave up, I mean, you would think a great leader of the team, you know, and you look to, uh, you know, the coaching staff first as the leaders of the team, not the players themselves. Um, a, A good coach isn't going to allow that. I mean, I know Collins didn't allow Philly to quit. They played a much better series against Miami than we did against Boston. I know that.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so, you know, again, I don't know what we're going to get out of D'Antoni. I don't think he's the man that's going to take this team through a championship. I really don't believe it.
2: Okay.
0: Well, and, and we're not going to know. I'm sure – I have a feeling he's going to finish his contract, in my opinion. But um, I
1: agree with you there, yeah.
0: Yeah, but whatever. They got a whole offseason to work that out, and obviously with the big trade in the middle of the season, they have some stuff they need to figure out.
1: Um, yeah. it,
0: it's doubtful – go ahead.
1: Um, just bottom line, to wrap up the series, you could look at it like that. You had the, the key plays. Game one, you had the Carmelo three, the no timeouts. Game two, you had the botched play with Jeffries. Why is he not going up with that, trying to draw a foul? He's trying to dish it to Walker. Loser stuff right there. We go back to New York for game three. We don't show up. Um, you know, uh, Pierce puts up 38, Rondo with his triple double. 20 assists, game four, were we even in the building? I don't know. I don't and that know. pretty know. much wraps up the series right
0: it there. It does. It wraps up the season. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned nice. Billy Walker, who went 0 for 11 in game three, I think it was. Or was it two? And that's terrible, RJ.
1: And you know, and even VB, when all my talks with VB, we've always said uh, when Walker is playing good, the Knicks have a better shot of winning. He just didn't show up at all for the yeah. series. So that's, you know, that's what it is. And same with Fields. Where was Fields?
3: Where was Fields Field since is, the trade? Fields has been gone for the whole second half. What, what do you of
1: the think year? that? What, where does what, what is that? What what, what, what changed since the trade? Was he just, you know, in better chemistry with uh, Gallinari and Chandler, or why, why? Why all of a sudden did he die out? Is it more of the the big second half push? He wasn't ready for it, or is it the chemistry? What do you think?
3: I really don't. I really. I really don't know what happened to Landry. It's really hard to say. He just fell off the face of the earth. I don't even think he should have been in the starting lineup for those last two games. He was just blowing it.
0: Well, they didn't have a whole lot of other options, but I guess one of the Williams boys.
3: Yeah, maybe it was the chemistry. I think maybe he's a little intimidated by Mello or something because he just doesn't look comfortable out there at all. He's he's airballing shots left and right. Well, and don't forget,
0: let me propose that he is a rookie. And a lot of rookies have a slow second half of the year. They're not used to the pace the NBA brings to the table. So, they, you know, by the second half and, and third quarter of the season, they're just not the same as they were in the beginning.
3: Yeah. There's, there's I that,
0: the too. I don't want to bail him out. You know, he should have he should have picked it up, and he definitely had – he was in contention for rookie of the year uh, through the first half. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so that wraps up the series. A whole lot of – Not fun stuff to talk about. But we still have a bright future, so let's try to, like Tom said, sleep it off, uh, move on. What about Chauncey? Is he – tell me, what's his extension situation, VB? Do you know?
3: Uh, Well, they picked up the option, and then I think they had until tomorrow to buy him out, and they said they're not buying him out, so he's on the team. So he's in? Yeah, he's in.
0: Good. And – I think that has a lot to do with, uh, T.B., you mentioned before the show uh, what's available as far as um, uh, free agents, right?
1: Yeah, uh, there's, not, there's not, you're not going to get anything better than Billups at the point, that's for sure.
0: Nothing better out there?
1: No, nothing.
0: Well, um, even if uh, you pick somebody up as trade bait, I mean, there's just no other good combination out there that would work for the Knicks?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's going to come down to I, what I think right now is future planning. You know, I think they're trying to be in position to have the money to go after one of the big boys in 2012 as long as nothing changes with the CBA, and uh, as of right now, there's no news on that happening. So you've got to you got to keep yourself in that position, I think, right now.
0: Yeah, and I don't think any of us really want Tony Douglas to be the uh, number one point guard. No offense, he's he's good off the bench, but... Uh, I don't think uh, he's going to be the starter. So we'll keep Billups as long as he can stay healthy and play more than five games in a row. That'd be nice.
2: Yeah,
1: and you know what? The, the lockout itself could be a blessing in disguise for the Knicks because the last time there was a lockout, the Knicks made it to the finals. And also, if there's a lockout, you're looking at Chauncey Billups only has to play maybe 40 games during the year, which is great because he's an older guy. He's injured a lot. same with Stoudemire. It could be a blessing in disguise for the Knicks, a lockout.
0: They definitely had a better first half of the season than they did the second, I think. so.
1: Yeah, so, you know, they ride that momentum into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I think uh, right now Chauncey was the best move, uh, bringing him back. And, uh, you know, who knows what's to come. We'll, we're we're going to get into that later about the future yeah. of the team.
0: Well, speaking of contracts, uh, VB, the, not- the other big one for the Knicks right now is uh, the really old guy on the team, uh, Donnie Walsh. Uh, I know they were talking about his extension or a possible rewrite of his contract. Uh, do you know where they're at with that right now? Any updates on that?
3: I mean, yeah, I don't know where they're at. I know the contract expires June 30th. Okay. Uh, like you told me before they got until Saturday.
2: Yeah. They got
3: the option. Yeah. He has a one year yeah, so, option, I mean, but they need to take
0: the option by Saturday.
3: Yeah. And if they don't, I think, I mean, going to try to offer him a two-year extension, which would probably be uh, the best move we could make.
0: Yeah, He's
3: yeah,
1: someone we that you want to keep? We give him a
3: contract until the day he dies, honestly. <laughs> he, which he, could be he, in a
1: couple
0: of weeks.
2: Yeah,
3: so yeah, yeah. Know, we,
0: who said that? <laughs> you uh, you, you want to keep him around, right, VB?
3: Oh, yeah. There's no one else out there that, I mean, look what he did to the team. He brought us back into the spotlight.
0: Agreed. So it looks like he's got uh, his contract set to expire June 30th, uh, and unless Dolan picks up the one-year option, he has to do that by Saturday, uh, or he signs him to an extension. He has until about July 1st to do that. Uh, But Walsh wants to come back, and it looks like Dolan wants him back, and the fans want him back. So I have no doubt that Walsh will be back. Uh, It's just a matter of hammering out the details now.
1: Yeah, if Walsh isn't back, it's a huge disservice to the team, and Dolan should be forced out of the ownership of the (laughs) next.
0: That's pretty extreme.
1: Well, it's true. I mean, it's just, you know, because if that happens, he has a hidden agenda, and he has Isaiah Thomas running the show behind the scenes. I'm telling you, that's the truth. If they get rid of Walsh, that's what's going on, and it's unfair. Just the same thing that's going on with the Mets right now these crap owners, get them out. It's not good for the team. It's not good for the fans that are pumping money into these machines and getting nothing back. It's
3: not fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the Calipari rumors. Those Definitely sure seen the Calipari rumors.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think we mentioned the, it a uh, few shows back.
3: Yeah, I mean, I heard something. He's trying to get in there and GM slash coach, which would just be horrible for the team. I think I'd a nugget fan after
0: that move. Yeah, I think we all know the GM slash coach thing doesn't really work too well. It's just no, something it doesn't wrong. work
1: too well unless you're like a Pat Riley or well, something, you, can, you know, along that yeah. level. But I mean, Cal, I don't, you know, Robbie J. We've had this conversation yeah, before in the show. I said if we're going college, we're going Coach K, and that's I still stand in that in that position. And I don't want Coach K being the GM of the team either. No. I want him out there coaching it. And I want a guy like maybe Walsh, or maybe even a guy like Warkenstein, the guy they picked up from the Nuggets. He's a former Executive of the Year. So you know we have a, we have good good basketball guys in the organization. It would be a shame just to, to lose them, especially for an Isaiah or a Calipari. You got to be kidding me. Well,
0: Isaiah is not allowed back in New York State, from what I understand. So I don't think we'll see him around anytime soon.
1: Keep him soon. in Florida. Keep him in Florida. Keep
0: him in Florida. Uh, so. Th- Regarding the rest of the off season, then, uh, VB, do you know anything about the Knicks' uh, draft plans? I know they're, you know, they're going to have a pick, at least one or two picks this year. I don't know if they traded away uh, anything else uh, in the deal, but uh, any idea on what's available there for the Knicks? Are they going to make any major moves in the draft?
3: Well, I mean, I know they don't have a second-round pick. No. They got uh no, they don't. They got pick 17 and um. Uh, if we bring Downey back, I'm sure he's gonna probably buy a second round pick. Or, yeah, I mean, I think they should probably trade Balkman for a second round pick because he's a waste. They don't play him anyway.
0: Yeah, but should trade Balkman for a a paperweight? That'd be funny with me.
3: too. <laughs> yeah, the Xerox trade machine. Him
0: for, trade him for a haircut. Yeah, I, mean,
3: I, I think they got to draft big. Whatever, whoever they got out there, they got to draft a big man, power forward center.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and well,
3: unfortunately, a lot of the good bigs are going back to the uh,
1: NCAA because the, with the lockout looming, you know they don't want to take the risk of missing an entire year, or even half a year. They figure they'll go back to college and uh, you know get another year under their belt.
3: Yeah, yeah and is it there's just a me? Of foreigners out there, they might be able to pick up if they get lucky. Uh, any
1: any names on them? You're talking about um, Canter and those those type of guys.
3: Well, Cantor. I mean, it's looking like Cantor's a top five pick. But okay, they got yeah, with, this okay, guy.
2: Cantor.
3: This guy out of the Congo. His name, I think, is Biombo. He played in the the Nike Hoop Summit the other day. He put up a triple double against the USA World Team with guys oh. like uh, Austin Rivers, Marquise Teague, and those guys.
2: Okay. He put up
3: like put up like twelve points, eleven boards, and. 10-plus blocks. He's a beast. I mean, I don't know how far he's going to fall, but if he falls to 17, I think he's the guy they got to take.
1: And what about um, that uh, Valencia guy? Um, from Yeah, yeah from it, it, he's it's looking top like five. he's a top-ten pick, too. And, and what about the guy from Spain? Um, Bismack, Biz or whatever his name is.
3: Oh, um, yeah, that's the guy um, from the Congo. Yeah. Bismack, Biombo, I think that's his full name.
1: Oh, okay. He's from Congo?
3: Well, I think he's from the Congo, but he plays in Spain. Okay, all right. I was going to say,
1: no, that was a fat, fat screw job
3: there because they had Spain <laughs> up there. <laughs> but, yeah, there's another foreigner out there. It's Brazilian kid. I think uh, Nogueira. He's only 18 years old. He's 6'11". He's a beast from the highlights oh. I've seen. If he falls to 17, they should take him. Now...
1: That's a, it's a little risky going for one of those guys because the entire history of the league, there's only been one foreigner to win an MVP. That was Dirk Nowitzki. Um, I'm not saying you're going to, you know, you're going out and expecting to draft an MVP with the 17th overall pick, but a lot of these foreigner guys, some of them haven't worked out, you know, and a lot of them have the, uh, the uh, label of being soft. Do, are these guys that you're talking about are they more of the banger type of guys that are going to go in there and get blocks and rebounds or are they the you know soft type of mid range you know maybe even three point specialists like uh like uh the other guy monte judas
3: yeah Monte Judas, I think is more of the offensive player, but these two guys are more defensive i think they're they're both good shot blockers and both good rebounders I don't think. I think Nogueira is really uh, raw on the offensive end, so he'd just be out there for the D. So okay, so he's, like, so he's
1: he's more of your typical, league. you know, more of a uh, of a Kendrick Perkins type of a guy.
3: Yeah, except he's like he's pretty athletic though. He's pretty thin.
1: So you would compare him to not, him right now in the league? What do you think? Like a, maybe a LaMarcus Aldridge?
3: I, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. He's it's kind of hard to compare. Well, to you know, not
1: not not putting up that type of numbers, but like a young version maybe could develop into that type of a player, more athletic,
3: rebounding type of guy. Yeah, maybe like that. Maybe like a candy.
1: Okay, yeah, okay. So that's that would that would be perfect
3: for the Knicks if you well, ask and, me. And
0: don't forget, Donnie Walsh and uh, Dolan in the, in the Knicks front office, the, it wouldn't be their first time going international. They kind of like that. I know Gallinari was from Italy and they got him from there. Uh, Moskov also was from Europe. Yeah, like, they picked uh, up Mos. Yeah, so it, there. they like to look around and they're not only looking at the colleges. So I wouldn't, if, if anybody's out there at pick 17, I wouldn't put it past Walsh to, to grab him.
3: Yeah, Actually, I mean, Donnie do. definitely knows what he's doing in the draft. Yeah.
1: Now, uh, what about, like, let's, I'll throw out a scenario for you. Let's say. The Knicks somehow finagle a way to get a DeAndre Jordan type of guy with the MLE. Um, do you know if there are going to be any maybe two guards available that would maybe be three-point specialists that could platoon with Fields and kind of give us you know the athleticism of Fields and then we bring in a pure shooter to come in when Fields goes cold, which is often. And, um, you know, and then we have Jordan. We have a pure shooter at the two. We got Billups at the one. Uh, You know, you got a nice group going there with Douglas, uh, this potential shooting guard draft pick in Fields. Is there anyone out there? I think there was a guy from VCU, uh, another guy from Arizona I heard people talking about. What do you think about these guys?
3: Uh, I mean, in the draft, I mean, some people think even Jimmer might fall to us at the seventeen. I mean, he's a pure shooter. He could come in off the bench and knock him down. Mm. But yeah, they got guys like Shelvin Mack and maybe even Marshawn Brooks out of Providence. I don't know if he's a, he's the right pick at seventeen, though. We can get someone better than him. So I, I if you were really-
1: if if you were going if you were Donnie Walsh, are you going to look to? use that MLE to sign a veteran, too, and draft a big, or do you want to sign a big and draft a two? What would, what would you think would be the best fit for the next?
3: I mean, honestly, I think they draft a the big and they sign the big, to be honest, because yeah. they need the height really bad, and I don't think there's going to be anyone that special in the free agency. I think DeAndre Jordan will probably get re-signed. Tyson Chandler will probably get re-signed, and we probably couldn't afford him anyway might end up with someone like Sam or Josh or someone like that. Maybe Chris Villa, I think he's out there. And I think they still have to draft the big, because we need all the height we can get. Yeah,
1: so maybe if they can draft the big, sign the big, and then stick with a Fields-Billups combo at the two, you know, maybe something like that?
3: Yeah, maybe, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they'll probably bring Walker back. He's a he's, uh, He's got under a mil on his contract, team option. He maybe he could do something. What about Rawtons?
1: Are we ever gonna see anything from Rawtons? He was supposed to be this great three point guy. What what's what's what are we thinking with him?
3: Rawtons, he can definitely shoot the ball. I don't know if he's an NBA player though. We'll see.
1: Maybe and down, is similar to Redick, it. maybe a couple of years down the road he finds it, and he finds his game, and he comes in, he's knocking down threes off the bench. That would
3: be great. <laughs> maybe uh, I can't really see that from Routens, but that's a dream. That would be real good. <laughs> uh. So they,
0: before the draft, we still need to finish the season, and then uh, the Knicks are out, and, and I know this is New York sports, but uh, VB, what do you think? Uh, for the rest of the playoffs uh, What are your predictions Give me uh, Give me who you think is going to take the East
3: Who's going to take the East I think um, Well I think Miami's going to take out Boston Next round Chicago is going to advance I'm pretty sure Atlanta just won the series Chicago advanced Oh you're kidding me really Yeah I think they just took it down just oh, mad. that was awful man. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably gonna be the Bulls out of the East. I just don't want—I just don't want to say Miami. That's why I'm saying the Bulls. <laughs> a lot of
0: people don't want to. What about the West?
3: I think—I think the Lakers are gonna take it. You can't sleep on the Lakers, no, man.
0: No, I can't listen to you and and TB over there talk about Kobe and the Lakers you all day. Can't I sleep can't. on the
3: Lakers, man.
0: I can sleep on them. They're real cushy sometimes. It's like you a gotta pull-up. think
3: last year they went to six with the Thunder in the first round, and they ended up winning
2: it anyway. It doesn't matter. They're going to get it done. We'll see. I still got San
1: Antonio. I picked Orlando Magic to win the East. Thanks for screwing me, everyone, (laughs) but Dwight. And it was, because I said they were going to get there with the perseverance of Dwight Howard, and I envisioned him putting up games, 40 points, 20 rebounds, and he didn't let me down on that. This is... The straw that breaks the camel's back, Dwight Howard, is out of Orlando because of this season, because of this series. Oh, yeah. No help, no respect. Yeah, gonna get him to down. New York.
0: Yeah, get him over here. Take him.
1: Now, and as far ask... as you know, I'm a Laker guy. I think they're going to pull through. Yeah, I know. Um, and I
0: was just going to say, I don't need to ask either of you, but.
1: Uh... I like the Celtics, though, over the Heat. I'm going to pick the Celtics over the Heat because I can't stand to see. The Heat, I, you know, we haven't seen them in one of the close games yet, really. We did, and they lost to Philly in the previous game. So what's going to happen when the pressure is applied in Boston? I think they're going to crumble and they get eliminated. And, unfortunately, I think we're looking at another Boston-L.A. Uh, championship game with the with the uh, Lakers taking it all.
0: Like I said, I don't need to ask either of you who you think is going to take the trophy. um <laughs> You know, the secret Laker fans here right behind the Knicks.
1: Uh, Hey, you know, you got to have something. You need a backup plan. When you're a New York fan, that's what I tell everyone. You need a backup plan.
0: You need a backup plan if you want to win, I guess. All right. Well, uh, I'm sticking with my San Antonio, Chicago, and San Antonio taking. And what about
1: that game, real quick? We got to talk about
0: that game. San Antonio. Go ahead. Tell me about it.
1: Well, Robbie J picking San Antonio, I bashed him for the pick because I thought it was a terrible pick at yeah. the time. Um but now, you know, and V B you'd have to agree with me. After that type of a performance we have seen by the Spurs, uh, the ball is back in their court, right? They have the momentum to take this series. Do you think that or no? He's still going with the Grizz, Zebo and the Grizz.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they I think the Spurs could could probably make the comeback. I just think You see the Grizzlies right now, and you think, what if Rudy Gay was out on the court? Would they be one of the best teams in the league, or what?
1: Very good point there. That's, you know, if if Gay is out there, they are good. Because Gay is good. And if Gay is out there, he is going to be
2: a dominant
1: force, okay? He is going to be great.
0: Uh, Okay. Um... Yeah, well, the you know if, San well, if that Antonio, was a Pico
1: stop moment, we'll chalk it up to that. Okay, let's move <laughs> on.
0: If San Antonio is going to win the, uh, the the series, they're going to have to win two more, right? They they down. It's not even yet, is it? Is it three two?
1: No, it is. Yeah, yeah three, it's, it's three two. Yeah, three, it's two, two, right? they got to win yeah. two
0: more. Uh, that's they a gotta tough... go into Memphis they Memphis. gotta win in
1: Memphis and then they, gotta, then they take it back to San Antonio where they'll be where we get the victory and advance to the second round
0: okay well we'll see where that goes I'm I'm pulling for them even though I've never been a San Antonio fan and I'm still not I just don't want to be wrong so
1: so and real quick before we wrap it up I want to just say I want to give a shout out to the clutch players uh, that have, have uh, really came through in the playoffs because I mentioned before the playoffs started that it's going to come down to stars. I told you that the uh, Thunder were going to bowl over the Nuggets because they had the star power. The Nuggets didn't have any star power. Um, Durant, clutch. Rondo, clutch. Pierce, clutch. Brandon Roy even came up, clutch. Ginobili, clutch. Uh, You know, that's what it is. LeBron, Wade, clutch guys. These are the guys getting it done. Of course, the clutchest of them all, Kobe. Um, Without those type of guys, you're not going to win anything, luckily for the Knicks. We have a couple of those guys. The future is looking bright.
2: Yep.
3: It's obviously not enough to win. You agree? VB, you agree? Yeah, the future is looking bright. I got to give a shout-out to my man Gallinari, though, in game four. No points in the first half. He turned it on in the second half and took it down. And yeah. how
1: about this? Two other former Knicks, Zach Randolph. I'm going to throw this out here. You guys are probably going to think I'm crazy. But Zach Randolph, Jamal Crawford, looking good. Maybe Isaiah had something going on that we didn't notice. Maybe the Knicks, he had the Knicks going to the playoffs. Think about it. Lee, Zebo, Crawford, Robinson. Hmm. Who knows? Possibility if they they're all talking, stuck together, to be in the playoffs.
3: You're talking Dan to Toney right there. No defense. That's what you're talking about with those guys.
1: You know, but, hey, you're getting major, major shots with Crawford and Zebo. I mean, Zebo knocked down at three like it was nothing the other day. Yeah, so is playing and Crawford
3: out? are looking great in the playoffs right now. They really are.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of ex-Knicks out there getting the job done.
0: Okay. Well, there, yeah, there are a lot of ex-Knicks out there, period, unfortunately. That's not a really a good thing, but that means we're moving on, so. Uh, and speaking of moving on, we're going to wrap up the NBA segment here and, and move on. But I want to thank uh, our guest, VB, Vinny, Vince Brunetto, for coming on. And I uh, hope we'll have you back soon sometime, yeah?
3: Yeah, anytime. Anytime.
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll get him on next week for the draft up uh, wrap-up, the NFL draft wrap-up. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good show. Yeah,
3: Very sounds good. good to me.
0: All right, VB, take it easy, man. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate having you.
3: Right, a good
0: day. See ya. All right, well, let's move on. Let's do a little NFL. This is going to be the first time, I think, that we're really doing any NFL on our show. Uh, TB, you getting ready? You getting ready for some football?
1: I am pumped. I love it. It's the best sport in the world. There's never been a better sport, and there never will be.
0: You're talking about soccer, right?
1: I'm talking about American football. Uh. Screw Soccer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got confused because, you know, I'm from Italy, so I always think football, is soccer. But, yeah, uh,
1: you, know, you could go after Denver with
2: <laughs>
0: So today is draft day. Um, and I know, as we, as I said earlier, uh, we don't record our show live, we actually clip it out here and there. And as of right now, the Giants have already made their pick. I think the Jets are not till later, but the Giants have made their pick. Um, the top picks have been made. I think they're. What number are they at now, Tom? Or where are they, TB? Somewhere in the. They 20s. are at
1: uh, number 21.
0: 21. Okay. So uh, we decided to bring on Russ Mack. He's going to do a little uh, NFL draft analysis with us. Little Giants, little Jets. Uh, and then he'll stick around for some baseball and we'll wrap up here tonight. So uh, I got him on the line. Russ Mack, you there? Yeah.
4: What's up, guys?
0: Hey, good to have How you doing, back. Hey, Mackie.
4: Good, good.
2: How you guys doing? Wow.
0: Great. We're good. We you missed our our whole Nick segment. We're we're just wiping the tears still. We didn't uh, yeah. we didn't wipe them all away. Well, oh,
1: I wiped the tears and I put the shades on because the future's so bright. That's <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's
4: a good one. I hope you were crying about Chauncey too. You, what, little bit, little him? bit. I. Uh, you know what, and just to touch on that for a second, I, I like Chauncey. There's no better point guards out there, but that deal is ridiculous. I'm sure you guys touched on it, so I don't want to go deeper than Well, we that.
0: talked about uh, that they they took a deal on, but not specifics. What was the specifics of the deal?
4: Well, they picked his option up. Uh, there was a couple-million-dollar buyout and uh, or a team option that was $14 million for this year, so he signed up. One uh, more year at 14. I guess they could use him in a trade as an expiring contract, but you know that that really takes away a huge chunk of the cap or They would have had to fill the roster out. Maybe find some sort of giant body to throw at center
2: right.
0: instead
4: of Jared Jeffries. Uh, I'm gonna throw up if I see him on the court again. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about all that too. Yeah. And, and the only thing we didn't talk about specifics on the Chauncey deal. To me you know the money is is one thing but if you let chauncey go that means i mentioned we you got tony douglas starting and and it's just not going to fly and i don't know if they have any anyone to trade if they don't at least hang on to chauncey so
4: no that's 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 definitely a good point to touch on it there's there's no one else so that's that was their problem yeah
0: (laughs) yeah definitely wasn't much out there but uh yeah, like Tom said, future's looking okay. Uh, hopefully they shake things up in the front office and kind of get things straightened out on the offseason. And uh, we'll just uh, win more than 40, what was it, 45 games this year? How many did they win? 42, 42. I believe. Yeah, 42. Yeah, 42. 42 and
2: 40.
0: Yep.
4: Nice to be over 500 for a change.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay, um. so uh, NFL. The draft's going on right now. Russ Mack, tell us, yes, what, did, what did the Giants do? I know they picked the, already. The,
4: the Giants were, were sitting at 19. You know, it's, That's a tough pick in a normal draft. Um, really looking to bolster either the linebacker core or of the offensive line. Uh, maybe Ingram would have fallen to them, which he did. Uh, but someone else fell to them. Plenty
1: of Giant fans here. As we go four decks up here at Radio City Music Hall, hoping they hear a name they like. With the 19th pick in the 2011 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Prince Amukamal, defensive back, Nebraska.
2: So, the night before the royal wedding, the Giants pick a Prince he's a
0: good
4: player, another guy that slipped in this draft, Mel. It's uh Prince uh Mukumara. He was a second-rated cornerback in the draft. Um and he'll uh he'll push Aaron Ross down the depth chart a bit and they could probably use him at a at a safety position as well. So he's going to be kind of a corner safety hybrid and very highly rated player and uh you know, I'm, I'm sure the brass was uh, kind of shocked that he was still there coming out of Nebraska. And, um, you know, it's just it's great that they, uh, that they were able to make uh, a very high-value pick that low in the, in the first round.
0: Yeah, and I know that's an area that the Giants have kind of been flip-flopping a lot. I know they have um, Ross, and there's a Corey Webb I think's out there too, right?
4: Ross, Webster, and Terrell Thomas.
0: And Thomas, yeah.
4: Honest, honestly, for, for me, the last two years, Thomas has really uh, taken a leap over Webster. Webster's taken a step back. And yeah. Thomas is, a, is a, more of a difference maker than a solid lock him down corner. He, he tends to, to uh, pick the ball off more than you know, be a shut-down corner right. like they hope Webster will come back to be. Right um now, now you have three good corners on the roster, and Aaron Ross, who was supposed to be good, maybe in some way, shape, or form, he'll, he'll find the talent that he had coming out of college. He had a decent year, but other than that, he's either been hurt or mediocre. So, you know, this this definitely helps the defense out. The secondary looks pretty nice. Still lacking at corner. Have a question with Bradshaw. Jacobs is making a lot of money. They have holes. They have holes. They'll still be a good team, but you know, I'm interested to see what they do with the rest of the draft.
0: Yeah, And I know their, their holes aren't necessarily as big as some other teams. They've actually got a pretty well-rounded team in comparison to some other teams that have really big holes. Um, you mentioned Bradshaw. What's your concerns with Bradshaw?
4: Bradshaw is a free agent. Um, he may be restricted. I, I have to look deeper into how the rules are actually working right now. Everything's all chaos and mayhem in the nfl and they're opening their doors quote again tomorrow and then yeah. monday i'm sure they'll go back to business uh i'm guessing they're going to go back to last year's rules and i i think bradshaw would be a restricted free agent then but uh he's going to be looking for some money and they're already paying mr jacobs quite a quite a nice sum to be a backup so i was um I was, I was looking at Ingram. I, I was shocked that Amukamara uh, fell that far, so I'm not upset with the pick at all. Uh, but it would have been nice to see Ingram in a Giants jersey, too.
0: And that has something to do I with have to, um, I
1: have to, I want to say something. I want to add something in. Go ahead. Out of curiosity here, now, what, are you concerned that he fell this far? Because there was clearly teams like, I'll uh, use Houston, for example, with the worst pass in the league that could have really used this guy, and they, they passed on him. Uh, so did Jacksonville, Detroit, St. Louis, Washington. All of these teams need a cornerback, and they passed on him. Uh, do you think that's more because of the guys that were available to them at the time, that they said the same thing, we have to take the best guy available, so let's pass on on the Prince?
4: Honestly, y- yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh... A lot of scattering reports on Prince right now. I'm, I'm not a college expert per se, but you know this one. This one seemed to be uh, a consensus easy pick for the Giants. They're getting very high grades for it, and you know um, Amukamara was was the second corner on the board, dropped all the way to 19, and cornerbacks coming at a premium, pick, so uh, they
2: do. They do. It, it was it
4: was it was a little surprising to me that they would that they did take a corner, but it it definitely helps out the secondary a lot. um, They had a lot of big plays over the middle last year, and it's a passing league now. Uh, You can never have too many DNs. You can never have a good enough secondary is what it seems like the trend is going to keep going on. So um, it was a great pick. It was a great value pick, and the Giants are notorious for taking the best player available, and I don't think there was a question about it right here. Uh, I don't know enough about Prince's character to to really know why these teams would have passed on him if they needed a cornerback. Uh, but but from what I've heard, you know he's he's a good he's a good character guy and he's he's a good player. He, he needs work, as do ninety nine point nine percent of first rounders, second rounders, anyone that comes in the draft goes. But um, he, he's set up to have a solid a uh, solid career and a solid secondary. So hopefully they can uh, get it together and. And Mr. Fuel uh, finds a spot for him because they'll, they'll rotate him around to get him as much playing time as possible. Um,
1: yeah. I, I think they got a steal. And if I'm a fan of uh the Texans, I'm jumping off a bridge right now because, <laughs> I mean, with the worst pass defense in the league. They better have plans of going after uh Annamdi or somebody of that stature to pass on him. You, I you think got, that's just
4: fascinating. You gotta hope so, especially considering they took a defensive end and they have Mary Williams, so
1: Yeah, it's I, very questionable.
4: I don't I don't really know what they were thinking, but uh, you know, with the eleventh pick you take J.J. Watt He's a good player, too, I mean you know it, it it all goes on philosophy, I guess if you go by the notion that hey, you can never have too many pass rushes that's something you got to work with too but i, I agree with you I don't, I don't know why they passed on uh a Makamura here yeah no, I mean uh, real you...
1: real quick before Robbie Jay goes into the future picks uh for the Giants and Newton, what do you think number one is he worth it
4: ah uh, my biggest problem with cam is that. Uh, can can you tell me his stats in college before this last season? <laughs> because he no. didn't have any. I, I, I'm actually going to take a look right now. I think that yeah, I think he started one year, and I'm not saying I'm trying to knock him, but you know he he's got one year of college play under his belt, albeit an incredible year, incredible athlete, big dude, definitely a quarterback uh, stature. Can he learn the NFL game? It's much different from college. He runs a lot, um, so you know how does that translate? You look at Michael Vick; it translated there, but this guy's not uh, not not putting up the number one spot in the 40 time like Vick was. So,
1: you know, and he doesn't have Andy Reid either.
4: Right, he doesn't have Andy Reid, and you know that that Falcons team before Vick started slaughtering dogs used him to the to the fullest extent too. I mean he had over a thousand yards one year with them, I think, or maybe even more than one year. I have to look at his yeah. stats, but I'm looking at Newton right now. He uh before twenty ten he had twelve passing attempts in college.
1: Raw. Very raw.
4: Twelve. Raw. So wow. you know, how does that translate, I don't know, but I think Carolina had to make the pick because they had to. <laughs>
1: Well, when you have you know, to when you I'm going to go on record and say Debo will be better than him by far. I love Debo. <laughs> go,
0: good-do, Denver. Um, well, anyway, Tom, actually, I wanted to talk about the other pick, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, that was number one. And, Russ, in your opinion, I, I haven't caught any of the draft, and to be honest with you, I know very little about college and, and, the, and the draft picks. It's something that I'm trying to get into, but I just don't have the time. Um, What do you think as far as number two through ten? Any surprises? Uh, Anything that, I mean, obviously the Giants pick went a lot higher than expected. Was there any other big uh, shocks there that need to be mentioned?
4: Well, it was just uh, the overall depth of the draft. It seems like a lot of players shifted down due to unexpected picks. I mean, teams are really going with their own philosophies here. Von Miller went second, and that was more or less suspected. The first five or six picks uh, were, were really kind of where they were supposed to be, and then Atlanta traded up to take Julio Jones. <clears throat> so with him and Roddy White, I mean, Matt Ryan really doesn't have any excuses anymore, and they were great last year, so uh, they, they're going to they're gonna cause a lot of trouble in the NFC. They're, they're right up there. They might even be the best team in the league right now, in the NFC anyway. Yeah. Um, See, Patrick Peterson went fifth to Arizona. He was the number one corner on there right after that was our boy. Uh, Royal Prince as getting married tomorrow in the giant English wedding or whatever yeah. the hell is going on over there. I don't think that's him. Um, I think
0: that's a different prince, actually. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong.
4: Uh, but, uh, no, AJ Green went fourth. Uh, Darius went uh, third.
0: So no real uh, no real shocks. It kind of went as according to plan so far. I mean, and they're only well, halfway through the first round, three quarters through the first round.
4: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the, the there were no huge shocks. I mean, Gabbert ended up going to Jacksonville, so they seem to be trying to get a franchise quarterback under their thumb. Like uh, TB said before, JJ Watt to Houston's kind of like, uh, you know, did you really need to do that? If you look at last year with... Uh, Especially
1: with the French out there. I mean, if the French yeah. wasn't out there, it's understandable, but, you
4: know. Oh, yeah, and then you had uh, Christian Ponder going to Minnesota, so that's probably going to kill a lot of Donovan McNabb to the Viking talks there. Um, Detroit had... Yeah. A,
2: who the hell he cares
1: about and McNabb, now McNabb anymore? Sort of McNabb?
4: Oh, yeah. But we're, uh, what were you going to say, yeah.
0: Rob? Oh, I just said, who the hell cares about McNabb anymore? I'm so tired of hearing about him. <laughs>
4: Well, he's gonna be starting somewhere.
0: Yeah, you're uh, right. Well, he's gonna be better than Max Hall. He's gonna be better than Bruce Gradkowski. That's for <laughs> sure.
4: No, that's for damn sure. Um,
0: yeah, if yeah. he plays. Did, did he have uh, some injuries last year?
4: Yeah, uh, he has some injuries every year. Yeah,
0: I'm getting old. Well, he had problems. Oh, it was a disaster for yeah, Max last year.
1: Yeah,
2: definitely.
4: I'm, I'm looking through ESPN's uh, draft grades right now. They actually gave Cam Newton a C plus. Um, so that's that's kind of a
0: sounds low kind of a
4: tough grade there.
0: Yeah, but uh, for the first overall, that
1: yeah. is an awful grade. That sounds yeah, low.
4: but it, again, it was like one of those picks that yeah, if you're the Panthers, you have a new coach, you gotta do that because he's Cam Newton because he's the name. If he fails, it's because Cam Newton failed. It's it's not Ron Rivera's fault.
0: Right, and if he if he if you pass on him, and he goes somewhere and succeeds, then right. they're always going to remember that.
4: Oh yeah, then then you look like a total jackass.
0: There's more uh, politics in sports than you than you consider sometimes.
4: Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, and uh, San Francisco seems like they're comfortable with their quarterback situation, going with the defensive then and Alvin Smith. And then you got Dallas going offensive line. Uh, what did you think about that, Mister
1: Um, I thought it was I'm, well. Listen, he's the first offensive lineman picked in the draft. Okay. So he better be the best. I don't know if he is. Uh, he's a little under the Parcells guideline. You know, Parcells has his guidelines. He's a little, he's a little bit shorter. Parcells is like him six six. He's six five. He's only three hundred. Parcells is like him three twenty five plus. I don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Fairley was there. You got Rob Ryan, a defensive guru. You throw a beast like that on the line. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's okay. What did ESPN grade him?
4: ESPN gave them an A. Actually,
1: wow. Okay, so we'll see, we'll see.
4: You know, it's it's one of those picks. He's number one line, uh, number one tackle going in the draft. You know, he's he's got to play up to that standard. And you know, if you need offensive line depth, you really can't go wrong there. But at the same time, I see what you're saying. I'm more of a defensive mind myself too. Uh, Fairly would have been a good pick for Dallas. Seeing him go to Detroit's kind of scary. You know that team. Won zero games a couple of years ago, and now they're uh, they're up to six wins last year, and they're going to have a, a defense that you're not going to be able to run on.
1: <laughs> now, if you take it back to 2008, when uh, or if it was 07 or 08, I'm not sure which year it was, but when the Dolphins took Jake Wong uh, with the first overall pick, do you think that Smith would have been... Uh, you know, uh, held in that type of a regard, where he would have went number one had it been that year and the Dolphins picking first, or not, not a chance.
4: Um, I don't know because then you really have to scale the draft for everyone else is there. So you're just saying that Smith replaces Jake Long and the rest of that draft goes as it yes. was, or we're we using these yes, players yes.
1: here? No, no, just just Smith swaps Well, basically compare. Smith to Long, does Smith have the chance to become a a Long type of player, a franchise guy that's going to make the Pro Bowl year after year?
4: Well, I think that's what the boys are banking on. Uh, Mr. Long was uh, one of the bigger offensive line picks of the last decade, I would say. So I don't know if he's going to have that kind of... that kind of effect on the line, but he being the 11th pick and the number one tackle taken, he's got to he, he's he's got to be that type of player, or it's a disappointing pick for Dallas considering who else they could have taken. And,
1: and what also, about the Redskins, another East team?
0: Uh, real quick right. on Dallas, if you remember Romo going down uh, against the Giants, so you know they want to get him some more protection. You know he's complaining, so yeah. Uh,
4: seeing seeing Romo on the floor is, is the <laughs> best thing for us. I know. No, I never like to see that was a guy.
1: fullback block though that was blown the fullback with <laughs> yeah.
4: You know what? So. I never like to see a guy get hurt. I, I hate Tony Romo personally being a Giants fan, but you know that just sucks. It really ruins your whole season if your quarterback gets hurt. And I, I don't like seeing teams being uncompetitive. I'm not saying Dallas wasn't. They they started off horrifically last year, but they have a good team overall. And uh, you know what, it might have been a blessing in disguise for them to get a pick this high, so yep. they better hope that uh, Mr. Smith gets the job done and, and protects Tony's bacon, because this has got to be a year Dallas is looking to go somewhere.
1: What about Carrigan to the skins, the defensive end from Purdue?
4: Well, Kerrigan's a good pick for Washington. They needed some more defensive depth, and they're trying to build up their line like the rest of the division and, you know, where really the direction the whole league's going in again. You know, still looking back at that giant Super Bowl win, a lot of teams are using that model now. Um, they were uh, projected to take Cameron Jordan, but, um, you know, Kerrigan wasn't a bad pick. He, uh, he's definitely going to help out their depth there. I don't know if he's going to end up Starting right away or not? Uh, I don't. I don't really know uh, of of the Redskins' depth over there. I know Mike Shanahan will will get that team um, get that team playing to where they need to be. Hopefully, Mister Haynesworth gets on board and actually does his job. And uh, Washington could be a solid team. They just, you know, they've been such an enigma for the past. I don't even know
0: how long since we've been
4: alive. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're supposed to be great every year, and they're always awful. So I don't really know how to evaluate the Redskins. uh, The Kerrigan could end up being a bust for all we can say just because they're the damn Redskins. Uh, it's, it's, It's tough. It's tough to do the Redskins because you just never know with them. I don't know if it's the way they run their team or the way they're coached. They always make these big splashes and signings. Hopefully Shanahan knows what he's doing now, building within certainly better than Jim Zorn or anyone else they've had there. So, you know, they just they got to have faith in Mike. And, you know, I could, I could see Kerrigan being a good pick just because of Mike Shanahan. He knows what he's doing. Um, they need a defensive line depth. They need someone who can put pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, he was the best player available for them,
0: so they didn't really have too too much leeway there. Um Okay, keep keep it in the NFC East and tell me about the Eagles. Uh looks like they had twenty third and I don't know, they might have just picked, uh if not recently. Did. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, went
4: with Danny Watkins, yeah. an offensive guard from Baylor. Um you know, the Eagles the Eagles are a very good team. They don't really need much work. Throwing some more guys in the offensive line, you got to combat those uh, crazy uh, defensive ends and tackles coming at you. Protect Michael Vick; he was banged up a lot last year. So, Um, Watkins is a good pick. He's a big guy. Uh, And who
0: who do you? I'm gonna push us along because we're 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 running kind of over. The uh, and I know I apologize to our listeners; we don't do a lot of NFL. We spent an extra time on the Knicks because of the end of the playoffs. Uh, but we'll have plenty of time for NFL in the coming weeks. But uh, yeah. tell me, what, what do you think uh, NFC East with the draft, with what you see? I know the draft's not over, but uh, what are your predictions for this coming year? I know it's early.
4: It's tough to do that right now. We still have free agency and whatnot. Assuming just say the, the Giants, okay? It's tough <laughs> for me to say the Giants. I uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan. I I. Uh... I always think the Giants have enough talent to win this division. It's, it's more of their character, I'd say. They have a propensity for choking, as do most of my favorite New York teams. What? Uh, they went 10-6 and six and didn't make the playoffs. You really can't blame them for that, but you can blame them for blowing a gigantic lead against the Eagles to quench the playoffs. So... There are things like that that you can't even consider when you're looking at a roster and saying, oh, hey, you know, I'll I'll predict them to win the division. But honestly, the Giants will be right in it. Um, I'd be shocked if Dallas wasn't up there either. You could see three teams coming out of the NFC East
0: yet again. They say that every year, and I think you're right. It's always Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and I know it's early, and let's, let's ask you again in a couple months. Yeah,
2: absolutely,
4: because I don't even know where they're going with free agency. I'm assuming they're going to have to win Bradshaw back now that, you know, Ingram's not even off the board yet, but he's not going to last to our next pick unless we somehow trade up for him. Um, So, you know, it's tough, and you look at the Eagles, they're they're stacked. They're a great team. They're fast and young. They're tough to defend, and they, they always have a good defense to throw at you. So it's going to be tough to not say that Philly is going to win the division. I think uh, it's going to be Philly, New York, and Dallas, uh, one, two, three. And they all could very well have the same record and come down to tiebreakers. So um, it's going to be a good division again. Um, but I, I do see three teams coming uh, coming out of that division to make the playoffs.
0: Very good. I agree. I agree, too. I think you're right. Um the, uh, the other team in New York, I forget what their name is, uh, the Jets. They huh. haven't picked yet, so I'm going to diss them entirely and totally skip over them. But, um, well, you know what? I'll uh, wrap it up real quick. That's what I was going to say. Give me, give me a wrap-up of what you're expecting, and, and uh, you guys can, can both it have it.
1: Rex Ryan is the guy in your fantasy league that says he's going to win it all every year and never does. And that's it. That sums up the Jets. Deal with it.
0: (laughs) I hate that guy. um, That's me, by
1: the way.
0: I'm
4: more or less on the same page as you there. Rex has got to learn to shut his trap a little bit. I'm not saying they're not a talented team. They're obviously a very good team. Uh, A little bit offensively challenged, but
1: I think they overplayed
0: uh, last year, or at least uh, the playoffs. I think they exceeded their expectations, and
1: and they were handed wins. They were. You know, were, we yeah. could get it through it, and we yeah. could break it down. But everybody knows.
0: Yeah, well, I don't. They're not the Yankees, so I don't hate them.
1: <laughs> Shaking. It. No, I don't hate them either, but I'm just sick of the uh, the trash talk. If you're not winning, yeah.
0: stop talking. Exactly.
4: That's- that's how I feel, too. They'll be in there. They might win the division. New England's always good. Uh, they went 14-2. and two. They might drop two games. 12-4 and four, still going to win the division. So, you know, the Jets will be in the playoffs so unless something catastrophic happens. But until they win something, uh, I'm, I'm also getting a little tired of hearing about it. Because um, as far as I'm concerned, they didn't win the Super Bowl, and they pick 11 spots lower than the Giants.
0: yeah that's true Uh, we'll get somebody on our next show to review the jets uh their actual picks and and where they're at we'll have a jet fan an expert um and um you know any other comments tb on the jets no
3: i mean like i said i
0: think they got the talent
1: uh they got a couple of head cases over there you know a couple of guys that you know, I mean, at any given moment, they, two guys, three guys could be, end up getting arrested on that team. Yeah. So, you know, that could derail their uh, plans to get to the championship game. It's a risk when you have that many volatile guys on the same team. I don't think it's ever going to work for them until they, you know, weed through the crazies and get the real players on the field.
0: Yep. That's always tough. And you know that, especially as a Dallas fan.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the Dallas – well, the difference was when the Dallas had the crazies, they were winning Super Bowls. That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's wrap up NFL because we're going to touch on uh, the Mets and the Yanks real quick, and we got to get out of here. So, uh, so far, looks good. Giants are looking good. Uh, we haven't even finished the first round yet, though. Final comments. Uh, Russ, what do, you, what do you think about the NFL? We were a few months away, but are you, you're happy? You're excited? You're ready to go?
4: I'm excited as long as they're actually playing. I'm I'm tired of this BS back and forth. I was happy to see Roger Goodell get the bleep boot out of him as he walked on stage. Good,
0: deserved it. Yeah,
4: it's just like it's it's ridiculous. The greed and everything behind the owner's philosophy on why they're doing this whole lockout. I don't want to have to know about it, but I know enough about it to say, shut your trap. The league profited the most it ever did last year. Deal with it. The players are going to make money. They're the players.
0: Yep. There's no league without them. Exactly. Hate to tell you, but uh, if there was no commissioner, people would still watch football.
1: Right. Yeah. Bottom line is, If those guys aren't playing and you throw me and Robbie J out there, nobody's watching. Exactly. I don't know. Stop speaking for me today. Stop speaking for me. I know your skill. It ain't nothing better than me. We used to play
0: in the snow on the lawn. Anyway. Turkey ball. Turkey ball. And we'll leave it at that. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll, I'll I'll just go into sumo wrestling then. Um, (laughs) All right. So, NFL. Hey, baby. NFL's done. Uh, baseball, Russ, stay on with us for just another minute. We're going to wrap up uh, the show. But um, I'm not even going to say Mets yet. Yankees, TB, give me a quick Yankees. Phil Hughes, Bartolo Colon, uh, the, the three guys struggling a well, little Well, all Tell I'm, I'm going
1: to say about that is I'm going to leave that for our expert when he comes on. But he hit the nail on the head in the uh, in the town hall show when he said he didn't really care about Hughes. He was more focused on Colon than how Colon was going to do so far. He's looking pretty good on that.
0: Do you think Drew was right?
1: Yanks are in first place. They're still winning. They killed the White Sox today. They're looking good, as always. You know, Boston's improving. We're not shocked by that, but still picking Yanks in the division.
0: Okay. And then uh, the Mets, uh, Russ, you're here with us. The Mets actually snapped their uh, six-game winning streak today. They lost 4-3, just wrapped up about an hour ago. But uh, it was a close game, too, actually. I watched some of it, and uh, Capuano was pitching. But, um... What, uh, how, how did the Mets put six wins together? Where, where did this come from?
4: Well, a combination of very timely hitting uh, in accordance with your starting pitchers actually going more than three innings. Um, oh, I
0: thought you were going to say it was because they played the crappy Diamondbacks.
4: Well, that's part of it, too, for sure. But uh, I don't think the Mets were ever as bad as they were playing, and I don't think they're as good as they have just played. Yeah, I think there's somewhere in between um, you know the streak had to come to an end at some point they they showed their testicular fortitude the last few games actually Ooh. coming back
0: Clyde Frazier and,
4: and winning <laughs> and actually winning some games while uh, being down by a few runs and then you know, I, I, I hate to say this, but they've been on a roll ever since Jason Bay has come off the DL. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I wouldn't hate to say that. That's great.
4: No, it is great. It's great. It's great for Jason, too, because he's had a rough time since he's yeah, got he here. Threw up a no for tonight, and they lost. Look at that.
0: Well, he definitely is going to be part of the success. <laughs> the Bill I actually, Walker of uh, the Mets. <laughs> well, and Beltran's been on fire. He had a uh, what, multi-game hitting streak going. Ike Davis has one going. They've got... Six I think out of no, it was five or six starters today are hitting over three hundred. That was including Capiano, the pitcher, but uh they're on fire right now as far as the bats are concerned.
4: Yeah, it's good to see. I'm I'm looking at Tolley batting two fifty now after going three for four today. Yeah, so he, he really wasn't job. doing much. No. But uh Ike's Ike's hitting three fifty two now, which is ridiculous.
2: Yeah. yeah, Ike's playing out of his mind right he now. Is. He's lights out.
4: I was very upset with myself because I was I was trying to save him for a later round in my fantasy leagues,
2: mm-hmm. hoping
4: that everyone would be like, "Oh, he's on the Mets; he's nothing." You missed yeah.
1: out. Uh, we have to. Our league is too smart. Yeah, uh, I, I committed the Beltron robbery in the late rounds. That was a beautiful robbery. I not even. Oh, I thought uh, we had
0: an auto draft.
1: No, no, we're talking about the uh, the major leagues.
0: Oh, okay. We yeah, offered the you and you never responded to the nah, email. I never course, got an so. offer. Never got an offer. I'm putting it on paper right hey, now. Take
1: that up with the Yankees guy because he's the one that runs the league. That's cool. He says he offered you. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll have he's fired. He's
0: never coming it. back on.
1: He's done. He's, he's done.
0: Yeah. Uh, you uh, The other thing that I saw tonight, which was a little concerning, and I don't know if anybody watched the game, but it was early in the game, I think fourth or fifth inning, and Beltran actually had a uh, – he's playing right field now. And he had a, a wicked googly go over his head, which Beltran's going to catch 99 times out of 100. But he looked lost out there. And he, it went right over his head, and, and he didn't seem to give a shit either. He was just, like, walking around like he's the man, even though he looked like a fool. Um, and uh, I thought that was really weird, and I guess there is a big difference between center field and right field if you've been playing the same position for 12 years. So.
2: Oh,
4: without a doubt. Uh, I guess you're going for the explicit on iTunes this time.
2: <laughs> only, only if
4: Apple listens to this. Uh, well, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a huge adjustment going into a corner outfield because you have to get used to the angles and uh, how the ball comes off the bat. You're not standing directly in front of the batter. Right. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, throw them in the outfield. Literally, throw them in the outfield. They're not hitting it out there. Throw it in the outfield. It's easiest position. It's not, especially when the guys are big enough to hit the ball out there. You, you really have to know what you're doing. It's it's really a uh, credit to all these guys that can you know throw the ball in like a laser and uh... win all these gold gloves with incredible range that they have. I don't think anyone can truly understand how difficult it is to play out there. There is a lot of ground to cover. And you know it's just going to take some time for Carlos to get used to that out there. Uh, it's late in his career. It's very possible that he'll never be a very good fielding right fielder. Right. But um, you know he he'll be better than most.
2: He'll be better than anyone
4: else.
0: Enough. Anyone else we could have put there probably.
4: Right, and he'll be better than most, which is good enough considering his bat. Now he, he right. he's he's hitting and he's going to hit. He's hit his whole career. I don't understand the people who came into this year saying, you know, he's done. If he's healthy, he's not going to be done. He's going to hit the ball. If he's healthy is the operative line there, and he is so far, and he's hitting. So, you know, that just goes to show you that your talent just doesn't go away. And, you know, you, you call him old. I guess if we're going on a, a Latino thing, the you know, Latino players tend to break down earlier. I don't mean to be racial about it. It's just, you know, it's the truth in, in the MLB. But um
0: They play with more heart. They play harder. We'll that put it that way. That was a way to um, suck up to the crowd.
1: <laughs> we got a couple guys, though, Contreras. Uh, he's about 90 years
0: old. He's still going. 90,
1: yeah, um, 95. Yeah. No, Rivera, no.
0: 65. He's still going. Well, yeah, Le'Von I don't Le'Von Hernandez. this
4: place to label on, but it's definitely Le- been a trend with the too, Mets, at least. Yeah, but um, you know, yeah, well,
1: but, a lot of young guys, a lot of people I talk to who are the casual Met fans, they say, "Who, who are you talking about, Toley? Who are you talking about, Purdy? Who's, this, yeah. you know, who are these guys?" Yeah, so it seems like you know some guys stepping up that maybe we didn't think were going to step up.
0: Yeah, and Russ, touching on that, they uh, they actually ditched Brad Emos, right? Yeah, Emos
4: wasn't working out. He was a Rule Five pick, so essentially. He needed to stay on the 40-man roster for the Mets to be able to control him. If they took him off or sent him down, they'd have to offer him back to Toronto. He came over with J.P. Ricciardi, I guess as a suggestion, considering we just didn't have a second baseman. Right. And, uh, you know, he he was hitting a buck, something, maybe even lower than that. So, you know, they decided it was was time to do something about it. Uh, Dan Murphy has a really good bat, but nowhere to put his glove and they'll they'll just have to deal with whatever headaches come along at second base with him because he's hitting 290.
1: Well, I just want to say you can yeah. go back and play the tape because in our first show we talked about Emus, and um, you said exactly that. If he's hitting about a buck after a month, he's going down, and yeah. uh, look what happened.
4: Yeah, well, yeah. that it
1: hey, Mercy, shouldn't really
4: come as a shock either. He, yeah. I don't think he was in the long-term plans unless they caught lightning in a bottle with him, and they didn't.
0: Murphy's uh, another one on a hot streak, hitting about three forty, I think, in his last seven games. So, helping him out too.
4: Yeah, and Dan Murphy's always really been regarded as as a major league hitter without a position and yeah. um,
0: DH in the AL for sure.
4: Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if he has enough power uh, to be a DH, but in a lineup that has a lot of power already, he'd, he'd be a great DH. Um, you know, he, he's gonna hit two eighty to three hundred and. He has a good eye. He didn't – well, you know, he went all for 4 tonight too, and they lost. So, yeah. you know, these these reinforcements that have come in have really helped out the offense a bit, and the pitching has gotten itself under control.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, how's Go the pitching on. been, and, and does the pitching look as dire, as bad as it did when we, when we last talked?
4: Oh, no, absolutely not nearly as bad. Um you know, you had a rough start from, from some of the guys that you were really relying on. Nice has, has really started off slow. Dickey's ERA is, is slowly going down, which is a good thing to see. I was, I was hoping he wasn't a one-year wonder and he could just put up a solid year. Um, Chris Young got shelled his last time out, but he threw a lot of pitches, so we'll see how he comes back. He's been hurt. Uh, Dylan G put up a couple of good starts. So we'll, we'll see what direction they're headed in. But, you know, Capuano looks a little shaky. He's probably more suited for the bullpen. And Telfrey has just been awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. What about uh, Izzy?
4: Izzy Housen?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Looking good so far. He's only got about six or seven innings pitched. But he's, he's helping that bullpen out. His ERA is 2.7. And, uh, you know, he, he's a good arm uh, as long as it doesn't fall off. He'll uh, he'll definitely help them out in there. K Rods, K Rod. I mean, people people like uh, talking about him and saying he's not what he once was. Uh, he may not be, but he's he's still
0: still one of the top best.
4: ten closer.
0: I'd yeah. say definitely. Um, I'll tell you what. My opinion: the All Stars of this Mets team so far this year. And Tom, we've we've touched on uh, similar conversations in our show before. The all-stars on this Mets team this year are Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron (laughs) Darling. It's just so much fun to listen to an SNY game or watch an SNY game compared to watching, like, uh, the Nationals uh, broadcast team. Um, And they actually had a little bit tonight where Keith Hernandez was actually swinging a bat and kind of teaching kids or whoever's watching the way Ike Davis is hitting and what what they changed in his batting stance. And I really like... These three, and I think they make a great uh, a great team as far as the broadcast goes. Probably since Kiner and and uh, and Tim McCarver when they were doing games; those were really fun. Um, but I know this is off topic, but when I hear their voices, uh, even just in the background as I'm making dinner or as I'm cleaning or hanging out with the kids, it just kind of sends me back to you know growing up and, and listening to games on the radio or, or watching and listening to these other guys. So. If you haven't had a chance, if you're listening to, if you're watching away broadcasts or listening to radio, check SNY when you can and watch them on there because they're a blast.
2: Especially, and you know what? Especially if if you're an '86 fan. Go ahead.
1: You could throw Keith in there managing this team and put Ron as a pitching coach. That way (laughs)
2: quite
0: a (laughs) few. Yeah, I think you're right.
1: They're both smart guys. They really are. They are.
0: They. They. and i was saying especially if you're a 1986 Mets fan they always have throwbacks in there that they throw out <clears throat> keith is uh he's very open about his career he talks about his time in st louis and and um and his time with new york and and i don't know i just i really like it they add to the game as opposed to who was it tom the uh was it the philadelphia 76ers announcers or no toronto oh man they were Arco.
2: a typical <laughs> <Spinarco. narco league. laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, instead of going off uh, on guys like Spinarkle, who nobody even cares about, and I don't know, so give me a uh, typical Spinarkle week. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, hey, maybe they really love their Jim Spinarkle out there, so I, I take it back. don't think
1: they do. I think they just suffer through it. That was the Nets, right? I believe.
0: Maybe I don't know. I, I don't remember. I so. But uh, it wasn't as as bad as the, ch- the cherry picking beauty queen Amari. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was six. That was the Sixers. You're right. Yeah,
3: that was the Sixers. Yeah,
0: it wasn't the Spinarkle. It was probably the Nets. But uh, uh, anyway, that's open for for conversation if you guys want to touch on that before we wrap.
4: I don't want to hear about Tim McCarver. I hate him. Really? I don't want (laughs) to hear about Joe Buck or Vince Scully. They're crap. All
2: right. But McCarver was a Mets announcer,
4: is where it's at.
2: Okay. I agree. I agree, (laughs) Bag. You you can't bash.
4: Michael K. John Sterling,
2: yeah. uh, Susan
4: Waldman, get out of here. Give me Al
1: Trotwick. Uh, yeah, Trotty, I'll take Trotty. Al Trotwick, and uh, I'm going to
4: retract the statement.
1: He you know, the gymnastics for the Olympics. Oh, I'll yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He has no clue what he's talking about. Oh, he I just love it. He his way through it. It's hilarious.
0: Dude, we just both talk. admitted to watching the girls' gymnastics in the Olympics. That's hey, sick. Hey,
1: if, if you're an American, you watch the Olympics.
2: You're right. Bottom line. You're right.
1: I want to retract
4: one statement. I, I didn't want to beat on Vin Scully like that. I just don't know enough
2: Why, he's commentators
4: on so the league. No, because he's actually very highly regarded as a commentator. I would talk yeah, he, about the uh, Phillies guy, right, but he dies.
0: Well, it's not like Harry uh, Carey. Hey, if you were a hot dog, what would you put on you? <laughs> well, anyway. um, So, Tim McCarver was a longtime Mets announcer, too, though, so I can't let you be that hard on him. But he he has gone national. He sold out. Oh, he's
4: horrible announcer. now, though. Yeah. I liked him when he was the Mets announcer, but he's crack now. Yeah. <laughs> Kiner
0: was good, though. I like Kiner Until he Jim Rossed it, right? Half his... <laughs> all right, got to stop. This <laughs> is uh, Jim Ross. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm a Mike uh, let's old guy Let's just clear that up He's the best He's I better love him. than all of them
0: And Bob Murphy too From uh, WFAN But Anyway
1: And Wayne Hagen well, We know He's you're probably. a Gill guy RJ I know that about you I'm a what? Pat and Gill. Gil.
0: Oh, Gil. Well I did some deals Pat With Todd boy. Me and Todd Me and, Pat and Gil. Yeah, We go back
1: Rob Todd That's your boy
0: Yeah me and Todd Go back We, uh, we did the uh, The slammies too You know
4: Rob the bod.
0: All right. Back, back on topic. The topic now is goodbye. So uh, thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. I know we, you know, you, I don't know. We don't really have a time frame, but I like to keep it around an hour. Um, and thanks for listening. Russ Mack, thanks for coming back on. If you want to have a more permanent spot here, you're welcome. You can come back any show. You're welcome.
4: Hey, give me a call. If I'm uh, available, I'll, I'll contribute whatever I can. Just prepare me. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Nah, we don't prepare. Can't you tell? What? I said we don't prepare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, I know. The joke. Tom, TB, <laughs> yeah. take us out, man. Rant us out. Uh, boom, Good. Bang, boom. <laughs> See you guys. Peace. All right, Gotham City Sportscast, thanks for listening. Peace out.